0: All right. Last week we talked about trusting God through the difficult times. Amen. You know, I said at the first service last week, you know, listen, you know, I got a bad, you know, report. My cholesterol level is 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 uh going through the roof. It's like the shuttle, you know, and uh and my sugar is going up. And I said, and by the way, I don't need any <laughs> any advice. And so I had about four or five people say, I know you said, but but hey, I dropped 1.3 pounds this window, just kidding. <laughs> I might have gained some, I don't know. But hey, come on, how many of you know the Lord will take us through our difficult times of life, right? Well, today I want to talk about valuing the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 16. And, uh, and when Jesus was getting ready to leave the earth and, uh, and he was about to ascend into heaven, uh, he spoke. Uh, some important words uh, here that uh, he made a profound statement and declaration. In John 16 and 7, he said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Now, according to Jesus, the reason we should put great value on the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is our helper. How many of you like help in your life? The Holy Spirit in verse 7, he says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, the helper, the comforter in the Greek is parakletos, which means one called alongside to help or to give aid. And so listen, I appreciate it if you would say, Todd, I'm going to help you out in life. I'm going to walk alongside of you. But man, there's nothing like having God himself walking alongside of you, amen? I mean, imagine if right here while we're talking, the Lord would just come and sit right by you and say, Richard, don't worry about it, man. I got you back. I'm with you. I'm sitting right on the side of you. Come on, how many of you know that's exactly what the Lord said? He said, it's to your advantage. When Jesus was on the earth, he said, you remember when Mary and Martha said, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He couldn't be everywhere at one time. But how many of you know through the Holy Spirit, he's everywhere all the time with all of us. Amen. So the Holy Spirit's job is to come alongside of us as Christians to help us or to aid us throughout our Christian lives. And listen, there is virtually no Christian life without the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, listen, without the Holy Spirit, Christianity will be dry, it'll be empty, it'll be lifeless and mundane, amen? Without the Holy Spirit, our labor and ministry will be draining and wearisome. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no fellowship with God. How many of you know we need the Holy Spirit? You know, it's been said that if you remove the Holy Spirit from a church, two things will happen. Number one, it will morph into a social club. Come on, how many of you know we're not the Rotary Club, we're the body of Christ, amen? And, and the other thing is that it will simply become a religious institution, and we'll do a lot of do's and don'ts, we'll, we'll do a lot of, uh, you know, religious things, but we won't have God's presence here. We desperately need the Holy Spirit to help us. Wouldn't you say that? Now, why do we need the Holy Spirit? There are five ways the Holy Spirit helps us. And the first one is the Holy Spirit helps bring us, assure us, and keep us connected to Christ. How many of you know that's the main job of the Holy Spirit? In John 16, 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, what does that mean? He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Well, convicting of a sin means he will help convince us that we need a Savior. In John sixty nine, he said, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. The first job of the Holy Spirit in our life is to convince us that sin is ruling in our lives, right? The only way we can know that we need a savior is to know that we're lost in sin. Can I get a better amen? Now, the truth is, no one can ever become a Christian until he first comes under the conviction of the Holy Spirit that he's lost in sin and that he needs a savior. Listen, if you've sinned one time, if you've broken God's law one time, you don't deserve to go to heaven. You need a savior. Amen? And so convicting us of sin means he, he brings us to Christ. Number two, convict us of right, righteousness means the Holy Spirit will help convince us that we've been made right with God. You know, I used to struggle when people boldly declare, I'm a Christian. I'd say, "How you know, and it would just irritate me. They say, I'm a Christian. And it's like, man, I didn't understand it, but after I became a Christian I understood it. Are y'all with me out there? you know listen Romans eight sixteen says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God you know listen uh you know you know one time uh whenever the nine eleven thing happened and the planes uh you know uh went into the towers in in uh in New York City, we got a call from a friend and said hey uh, asked Tanya, Tanya, is this the end of the world? Is, is the Lord coming back? And, and and this friend was frantic. Well, listen, you know what? I don't fear when calamities in the world happens. You know why? Because if the world collapses, I'm getting out of here, man. I know, I know where I'm at with the Lord. What about you? You know, listen, the Holy Spirit convicts me of righteousness that I'm standing right with God. Amen. And so in, in, uh, The convicts, the world of judgment was the third thing that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. He would help convince us that the former rule of this world, Satan, has been judged and kicked out. And he says in verse 11, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. The Holy Spirit helps convince us that Satan no longer has authority over my life. You know, listen, you know, before I was a Christian, when people started talking about demons and ghosts and all that, I'd get the goosebumps, you know, I'd get, the, I'd get, you know, the free songs, you know. But listen, you know what? I'm not worried about the enemy. I have a big brother. His name is Jesus Christ. He doesn't put the enemy under his feet. So the bottom line is the main role of the Holy Spirit is to help bring us to Christ, assure us in Christ, and keep us eternally connected to Christ. Amen. And I'm looking forward to spending the rest of eternity with him. What about you? Amen? The second way the Holy Spirit helps us is the Holy Spirit deposits spiritual fruit in our lives. You know, in Galatians 5.22, I know you're familiar with this, but it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So another great function of the Holy Spirit is, uh, is to help me be loving towards others. Now, you might not have a problem with this. I can love loving people, but it's those people that are not loving that makes it harder for me to love. In fact, I can't really do that on my own. You know what? I need the Holy Spirit's help, amen. Listen, the Holy Spirit uh, helps me live with joy through the dark valleys and seasons of life. And so listen, to be filled with peace through trials and tribulations, that's one of the functions and how the Holy Spirit helps me. It helps me be patient when I'm suffering or dealing, with difficult people or unreasonable people the holy spirit helps me be kind and not be harsh and critical and ugly towards other people the holy spirit helps me live a a, a good faithful godly life i need that help what about you i'm not that good i need the holy spirit's help amen and so listen How do I know when I need more help from the Holy Spirit? Here's a good way to know. When I lose my joy or peace through the daily things of life. Whenever I'm struggling to be loving and kind. Whenever I'm being impatient and harsh, when I get around difficult people, when I start losing my cool and the lack of spiritual fruit of faithfulness, goodness, and gentleness, and self-control in my life. In short, the Holy Spirit produces the spiritual fruit I need to make it through the ups and downs of life. What about you? Amen. The Holy Spirit helps me. He helps me stay mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally strong. You know what I found? Whenever whenever I spend time with the Lord and I get infused with the Holy Spirit, life is easier, life is better. I'm a little bit more like Jesus when I have the Holy Spirit flowing and moving in my life when I don't. What about you? The third way the Holy Spirit helps us is the Holy Spirit helps equip us for ministry. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom; to another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit; to another, faith by the same Spirit; to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit; to another, miraculous powers; to another, prophecy; to another, distinguishing uh, between spirits; to another, speaking in different tongues; and to be and and to steal another, the interpretation of tongues. And there are there are all the work of one and the same. Spirit and He gives them to each one just as He determines. You know what? I believe that the Holy Spirit helps equip me with spiritual gifts so I can be successful in ministering to others. And I believe the Holy Spirit equips the body of Christ. This is not something just for, you know, full time. This is for the church. This is for the body of Christ. Amen. In fact, you, we need, when we're in the marketplace, we need the gifts more than when we're standing in church. Amen. The Holy Spirit helps equip us. But listen, so the more of the Holy Spirit that controls my life, the more spiritual gifts will flow from my life. How many of you like to have the gift of miracles flowing in your life, amen? And so I look at it this way. If I really want and desire a more dynamic and powerful ministry, all I need is a greater dimension of the Holy Spirit operating in my life. Did y'all hear what I just said? If I want a more dynamic and powerful ministry, really, all I need is a greater dimension of the Holy Spirit operating in my life, amen? If I want to see more miracles, all I need is more of the Holy Spirit's power. If I want to see more healing, all I need is more of the Holy Spirit's power. If I want more wisdom and words of knowledge, all I need is the Holy Spirit's power, amen? You know, Paul's a great example of this. Remember when Paul... Uh, before he was saved and filled with the spirit, he was a Christian headhunter. Remember that and uh, uh he hunted Christians down. But after he got saved, he went from from being a Christian headhunter to building up the body of Christ. How many of you know that's a transformation, and God baptized him with his spirit, ministered under the a powerful anointing and incredible things begin to happen in the apostles Paul's life. In other words, he he became like the worst heathen you would ever know to one of the greatest men of God that God used mightily even to give us a great portion of the New Testament. How many of you know that's transformation right there? Amen? In fact, Acts chapter 19 and verse 11 said God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs our aprons that had merely touched the skin were placed on sick people. They were healed of their diseases and evil, evil spirits were expelled. Whenever I read that, I'm thinking, man, I feel like a weenie in a steakhouse. Come on, I need more anointing on my life. What about you? Whenever I give somebody my apron, it just stinks, amen. But when God's anointing is on somebody's life, supernatural things happen, Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, how many of you jealous right now? You say, man, I want more of the Spirit's power in my life. The fourth way the Holy Spirit helps us is the Holy Spirit empowers us to share Christ with others. In Acts chapter one and verse eight, he said, but you, Jesus said, you will receive power When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, the word power there really means dunamis or dynamite is where we get the word dynamite. It means having special miraculous power and ability. It literally means to be a martyr. Whenever the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be a martyr for Christ. How many of you just got less excited about the Holy Spirit right there? But I think this verse translated means this, folks. I believe when the special ability and miraculous power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, you will have so much confidence and boldness that you will be even willing to die to tell people about Jesus, even if it costs your life. That's why you see people in the Middle East and in these ungodly and these, these, these anti-Christ nations and they say, deny Christ or, or, use, or save your life. And they say, you can take my life, but I'm not giving up on Christ. They got the power of God working in their life. amen that's why they can stand boldly from Christ and some of us we have trouble praying over our meal because somebody might see us come on I think what we need is the boldness of the Holy Spirit operating in our life and it doesn't matter what people say or think man we as for me in my house I'm serving the Lord amen in in in, uh, Acts chapter 4 and verse 33 it says the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them. Why did they testify so powerfully? Because they were empowered with the Spirit. Again, another great example is Peter. Remember, Peter is the one that denied Christ three times. Remember that? He denied Christ. But yet, after he, after he got filled with the Spirit, after the day of Pentecost, he stood up in the front of the very ones that crucified Jesus and said, "You the ones that crucified him, but I'm telling you, the one that you crucified, he is the Christ." And he boldly proclaimed, "Jesus, Amen." And what happened? As the Bible tells us in, in Acts two forty one, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to that church that day about three thousand in all. Come on now. Come on, that's the power of God on ministry, amen. Man, I need more power. What about you? I need more of his anointing flowing in my life. And that's what happened there. That's what the church needs more of today, I believe. We, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and to be confident and boldly stand up for Jesus Christ. Amen. The fifth way the Holy Spirit helps us is the Holy Spirit helps us gain a supernatural advantage in life. You know, whenever you think about it, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit lives not in this building. Where does the Holy Spirit live, saints? In us, right? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person in the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is spirit, right? And so the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, which means the Holy Spirit is present everywhere at once because God is omnipresent, right? Psalm 139, seven, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. You you can't get away from God's presence, right? The fact is the Holy Spirit, which is omnipresent everywhere at once, means we have the advantage of never having to feel alone. We don't ever have to feel alone. You're never alone if you're a Christian. You say, all I got is God. All you got is God? Excuse me. What kind of God you're serving? A little God you can put in a box somewhere or the one who puts his heel up on the earth, the creator of heaven and earth. Amen. Come on, if you got God on your side, you never have to be alone. Amen. Come on, how many of you know that's a huge advantage right there? You never have to go through life without help. You never have to be helpless when you got God inside of you. When you got the Holy Spirit on inside of you, you never are helpless because you have the helper on the inside of you. Does that make sense? John 14, 18 says, I will never leave you as orphans. I will come to you. An orphan is someone who has no parents. It's a disadvantage, right? God says, I will never abandon you. You will have parents, whether your natural parents are here, you as a Christian will have parents every day of your life. I won't leave you as an orphan. I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to help you to make it through life. Amen. Isn't that great news today? Come on. Doesn't that make you happy to be one of God's children today? But listen, as Christians, the Bible says that um, the Holy Spirit is omniscient, which means the Holy Spirit is all-knowing, right? Second 2 Corinthians uh, 2.10, but it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Come on, how many of you know the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God? The Holy Spirit helps us to know God's deep secrets and thoughts about anything and everything. How many of you know that's divine wisdom? Now think about that with me. You don't have to rely on your your education to know how to handle life because you have the spirit of wisdom operating in your life you got divine knowledge flowing in your life. Amen. And how many of you know the Holy Spirit can give you exactly what you need, when you need it, how you need it, right now, in an instant, in a moment. Amen. Wow, what an advantage. The fact that the Holy Spirit is omniscient, all-knowing, we have the advantage of never having to be ignorant or in the dark mentally about anything. That's a great advantage. You see, you could stand next to me and you could say, Todd, I got three doctorates. Oh, excuse me, you, I got more degrees than a thermometer. I'm so educated, I'm so smart. I'm, I, I've, been, I've been educated in Harvard. Well, good for you. The one who taught those that taught you at Harvard is standing right on the side of me and is helping me know what I need to know. Amen. God bless you. I'm not that smart mentally, but praise God, I got the old omniscient one inside of me that will teach me and tell me everything I need to know. Amen. Come on. I think that's a little advantage on life. What about you? Amen. So you see, you don't have to be intimidated because you're near a professor. Come on, you got the one that taught the professor on the inside of you. Come on, I need a better amen right there, amen. Come on, I'm, I'm, make, I'm preaching myself happy this morning. The fact that the Holy Spirit is omniscient, all knowing we have the advantage. Isaiah eleven two two says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So as Christians, we never go through life without God's help with wisdom and knowledge. The Holy Spirit is also omnipotent, which means the Holy Spirit is powerful. Would you agree with that? Luke 135, and the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. The fact that the Holy Spirit is is omnipotent, all-powerful, means we have an advantage in life of never being powerless over our circumstances and situations. Matthew nine twenty six says, With men, this is impossible, but with God, the all-powerful one, all things are possible. Amen. So listen, if God can move mountains, then there's no problem too great for the Holy Spirit to change in my life. If God can split rocks apart, which he did, right? Then there is no circumstance you're facing that the Holy Spirit can't deliver you from, amen. If God can raise the dead, praise the Lord, then there is nothing dead or dying in your life or my life that the Holy Spirit can't resurrect, amen. That's a, little, that's a slight advantage on life. Behold, Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? And the answer is, there's nothing too hard for him. And that omnipotent God lives on the inside of you. Whenever you realize that. If the Lord can pull somebody out of the grave that's, that's been dead so long that he stinks, I believe the Lord can get me out of the pit that I'm in. I think the Lord can give me joy with whatever I'm going through. Amen. It might not be easy. It might not be simple. But I know the spirit of the Lord can help me get out of everything and anything. Come on. Yes, amen. He called me by name and I walked out of the grave. Amen. Come on. There's nothing. There's nothing that God can't help us with. I'm just seeing Darlene here, Darlene and Glenn. That's Darlene and Glenn. We just pray for you, for your family. Come on, how many of you know the Lord can take us through the valley of grief, the valley of the shadow of death? I don't know what you're going through today, but you have an advantage in life. You may feel all alone. You may feel like you don't know what to do. You may feel like you can't get through what you're going through, but I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is your helper. And he's going to help you to get where you need to go. Amen. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And he gives us a supernatural advantage in life. Amen? That's why some of us, if God hadn't saved us, we would already be in the grave or we'd be down there at LPCC or down there at Angola or something like that. But thank God he stepped in our life and he gave us a supernatural advantage in our life. Amen? Listen, some of us, we wouldn't still be married if it wouldn't be for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Listen, some of us, we wouldn't be mentally in our right mind if it wasn't the supernatural supernatural advantage of the Holy Spirit, thank God for the supernatural advantage of the Holy Spirit. Amen Amen well, before we can truly receive the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives, friendship with the Holy Spirit needs to be cultivated right second Corinthians 13: fourteen says May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all before we can truly receive the maximum benefit. The Holy Spirit is here. But some people are not capitalizing on the helper because they're not not building that relationship. To build a better relationship, we have to gain a greater knowledge of what the Holy Spirit likes and dislikes. Some Christians are surprised to know that the Holy Spirit has emotions. And we can upset Him and cause him grief and pain. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.30, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you were sealed for in the day of redemption. The word grieve there means to make sad or cause deep sorrow or sadness. It comes from a word denoting a pain that can only be experienced between two people who deeply love each other. And so what Paul is saying is don't grievously hurt the one who deeply loves you. Amen. And so when you have an intimate friend, it should be natural and normal to want to know what makes them happy and what makes them sad. Amen. And so how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Mainly by the way we treat others. Ephesians 4.30 in the Living Bible says, don't cause the Holy Spirit sorrow by the way that you live. So how we live is what causes the Holy Spirit to be grieved or to be sad or sorrowful. In fact, in Ephesians 4, 31, he said, stop being mean, bad tempered, angry, quarreling, harsh words and dislike of others should have no place in your lives. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. So how do we grieve the Holy Spirit by the way we treat each other? Does that make sense? And so the better we treat people, the less we grieve the Holy Spirit, and the more influence, the more advantage we have in life, the more we have the influence and the impact of the Holy Spirit operating in our life. Amen? To build a better relationship, we have to stop ignoring or suppressing the Holy Spirit's work in our life. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Don't quench the Spirit quench means to extinguish, to smother, to suppress, to douse, to put out, snuff out, or to quell. In other words, to quench the Holy Spirit means to ignore the Holy Spirit's leading. In other words, to quench the Holy Spirit means to quit disregarding his voice. When he speaks, you got to pay attention. It's not just the normal Joe speaking to you. It's the creator of the universe speaking to you. If we want to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we have to quit closing our ears when he's speaking to us. Amen. We need to not pass up opportunities for the Holy Spirit to use us because we're afraid of what people think or say. Listen, to to not quench the Holy Spirit, we have to avoid moments when God wants to pour out his power through us and take advantage of Him. Amen. Come on, we, we need to be open to the Holy Spirit. In other words, stop throwing water on the flames of the Holy Spirit's work in your life, amen. It's time to start saying, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you say. Come on, how many of you, that's your heart. Yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you say. I'll go where you send me. I'll obey whatever you tell me to do. But see, I would love for the Lord to tell me to go to the hospital and pray for somebody and call them out of the bed. That would be great, wouldn't it? But you know, I'm not so excited when the Lord says, quit talking to your wife that way. But how many of you know that's where it starts right there? Come on, I need a better amen. To build a better relationship, we have to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians five eighteen, he said, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why he told them not to be drunk with wine? Because they were still getting drunk with wine. It was part of their worship of, of, of foreign gods. And that's the, way they, that's the way they felt good. That's the way they, they eased their pain. So he said, don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. And so the literal interpretation of this verse means to be constantly, and completely, moment by moment, touched and flooded and filled and immersed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. You know, and what I found, I could step out of the Spirit into the flesh just like that. Just by a comment that's made to me, something I experienced. I can go from the flesh to from the Spirit to the flesh just like that. But I also recognize that I can do the other too, right? I could just choose right there. No, I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to stay in the Spirit. Come on, y'all help me (laughs) preach this morning. So filled is a verb that implies and means a continuous action, not a one-time event. So to be Spirit-filled means you to live your life continuously, completely, touched, controlled, empowered, and influenced by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit has to be a, a priority in our lives. It has to be valued. Has to be important, and so you know. So the question is: is that how do I, how do I increase the Holy Spirit's influence in my life? Because I I would love to see the dead raised. I would love when people come up here to get prayed for, and they say they have cancer. That I pray for them. They go back to the doctor and say, I don't know what happened. I mean, that has happened, but I'd like to see that happen more. What about you? Amen. Come on. And so how do you do it? First of all, let let me just give you a couple of suggestions. Number one, ask the father for the Holy Spirit. And that's what he told. uh, That's what he told us in Luke chapter 11. He said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now, listen, you get the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're born again, you're born of the spirit, right? But the Bible says that he gives a spirit without measure. I mean, he breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he told them to go stay in Jerusalem and wait until they got endued with power from on high. Come on. I believe there's more anointing to be had. What about you? And so I think we just need to not be satisfied, but to continue to ask the Lord to fill us with his spirit, fill us with that anointing. Lord, I can't I can't just, uh, you know, I can't get a dog to quit barking, much less raise somebody from the dead. Lord, I need more anointing on my life, amen. Come on, how about you, come on. I can't get through this little bit of bur- bur- burdens or battles I'm going through. I need the anointing of God to increase in my life, amen. Because the anointing of God destroys the yoke. Come on, I need more. What about you, gang? Come on, what about you, saints? Come on. And so I encourage you to pray, Lord, fill me with your spirit. He says, listen, you know, listen, natural fathers. And then he talks about, listen, a natural father, somebody ask him for a good gift. He won't give him a bad gift. He won't give him a snake instead of a fish. You know why I believe he's saying that? Because this is an area that we're kind of like, well, man, this is kind of like, I can't, I can't naturally put my hands on it. But listen, God is spirit, and we're not to fear God's spirit and not be timid about God's spirit. We need to be more open to God's spirit. We need to ask him, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Amen. Then he says, listen, if a natural father knows how to give good gifts, you being evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will a heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? Amen. But number two, I encourage you to pray in the spirit. In in Ephesians six eight, pray in the spirit at all time and on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. If you if you if you have your prayer language and you pray in unknown tongues, I encourage you to pray in tongues. You know, Paul said, "Listen, uh, listen." He said in in First um, Corinthians fourteen eighteen. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He said, I would rather speak in English in church, but whenever I'm in my prayer closet, I pray in tongues more than you. And I believe, listen, I believe that we build ourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the spirit. And I'm afraid there's too many spirit-filled Christians that are not praying in the spirit. I believe we need to pray in the spirit. Amen. Jude 20 says, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Can I get a better amen? Number three, make a habit of worshiping God. Make a habit of worshiping God. You know, Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. I believe the quickest way into the presence of God is to worship and praise him. In fact, the Bible tells us that in Psalm 22, 3, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, he visits, dwells, he comes. So, whenever you just take the time, listen. I know, I understand. Like you know, I don't like to sing. You know, like, in fact, if I sing too loud, Tanya looks at me. No, not really, but everybody else around me will. You know, I, I'm I'm not pitch perfect and all of that. But listen, man, look. When you get by yourself, if if the only song you know is Amazing Grace, sing that with all your heart. And something's going to happen whenever you begin to worship the Lord. You enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You see, people that don't like the music part of a worship service, they don't understand this. That whenever you worship, whenever you worship, listen, it don't matter what song is being played. I can worship. I can worship in the middle of two diesel Detroit combine engines on an all field platform in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. Amen. I could surely worship him right here in the pew in the church. Come on. Come on. When you worship him, when you worship him. So I want to encourage you. Listen. You know, I know you can listen to that song that says there's a tear in my beer, but why don't you sing a song that says, come on, Jesus, I exalt you. I magnify you. I worship you. Amen. Something happens whenever you begin to worship the Lord. Amen. I encourage you to put worship music on in your house. Listen to it in your car. Whenever there's worship and praise going on, it might catch you by surprise. All of a sudden, you're gonna sense and feel the presence of God there. Amen. Listen, the pastors can tell you, we go to LP, LPCC and we have all these, you know, these inmates there that are there for whatever reason, chaps here, she can testify to it. You get them all together and you just start leading them. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And you just start worshiping the Lord and the presence of God feels that place. And these, these, some of these hardened, these hardened men just start crying and start weeping and they just start expressing. Experiencing the love of God. Some of them haven't experienced love in a long time. But when you get in the presence of God and you begin to worship him and you begin to praise him, the Holy Spirit comes, the lover of our soul comes and all of a sudden, man, we feel like we can make it through whatever we're going through. Make a habit of worshiping God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You know, that's, I have a few songs that I sing all the time. They're, they're my top five songs. The staff knows what they are because anytime we pray and we start worship, I only know three, you know, or five. So that's it. That's about it, right? But man, you don't have to know a lot. That's what I'm trying to tell you. In fact, you don't even have to know the song. You just begin to open up your heart and just begin to worship even. God's presence comes. We need God's presence. We need God's presence. It's God's presence that we need. Amen. And finally, yield to and surrender to the Holy Spirit. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. You know, I think sometimes we go without the Spirit's help because we don't take time to sit at the feet of Jesus because we don't take time to sit in his presence and wait. You know, I just want to encourage you. I don't want to to make you feel bad. I just want to encourage you. Just take note this week. How much time you spend in the presence of God? How much time you spend in prayer and just stopping to just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. When you take the time to just invite the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes. Amen? Isaiah 40, 31 says, they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Why is their strength renewed? Because the spirit of the Lord comes, the presence of God comes. Holy Spirit, we love you. Do me a favor and just stand right there where you are. Let's just take a moment and come on, let's just worship the Lord for a moment. Come on, listen. Whenever you gave your life to Christ, you became a temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's just begin to, let's take a moment right now. Let's just take a moment and just say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Listen, listen, this should be normal and natural for us. Listen, we're not, we're not worshiping this God that's up on a pedestal somewhere that's made out of silver and gold. We're not worshiping some statue. God is a spirit saints. And the way we worship him is in spirit and in truth. Just close your eyes right where you are. Just close your eyes right where you are. And just begin, just take a moment and say, Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. I yield to you. Let's just take a moment to just let the Holy Spirit just come right now. Come on, focus, 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 focus. focus. We got so many distractions that our attention span is going out of the window, but just take a moment. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Come on, just right where you are, just surrender. Say, Lord, I surrender to your authority. I yield, come on, come on, just listen. I like to just put my hands out in the front of me. It helps me. It helps me because sometimes my hands are so clasped. I'm I'm, I'm just in the middle of tension and stress and it takes me a while just to begin to open my hands and, and just begin to release and just to relax and just to welcome. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place right now. Holy Spirit, we say come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Be still and know that I'm Need to find some pause times we need to find some stop times in our life to just sit at the feet of jesus and just enjoy his presence you know just early when we began this sermon we talked about the number one the main mission of the holy spirit is to bring people to christ this is main mission this is number one mission is to bring us to christ And he does that by convicting us of sin. Saying, hey, sin is keeping you out of God's presence. You're breaking the law of God. You're doing your own thing. You're going your own way. And he brings conviction. It's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's, it's him saying listen I want you to be at the family table and you might be here today and the Holy Spirit might just be whispering to you you need to be a Christian you need to give your life to Christ and maybe this morning God is just his spirit is drawing you his spirit is is pulling on your heart and you realize it in today You're ready to just give your life to Him. If that's you today, would you, as everybody just bows their heads and just starts praying, if that's you, would you just do me a favor and raise your hand and say, Todd, would you pray a special prayer for me? Just raise your hand so I can see it. And so I see your hand. Anybody else? Just just right over here. I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Listen, this is the greatest, this is the greatest work of the Holy Spirit right now. Come on. He's drawing people out of the clutches of the evil one and he's pulling them into the kingdom of God. Now, come on, those of you that raised your hand, we're gonna pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing conviction into my life. Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I believe you forgive me and I'm asking you to forgive me. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross so my sins could be forgiven. And I could have eternal life. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me. And draw me into your family. By your spirit today. I surrender to you. As my Lord. And as my Savior. In Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Now listen. Those of you that raised your hands. Those of you that raised your hands, I just want to encourage you. There's a, there's a card in the pew. If you don't have one in the front of you, right behind you, with a green bar that says, I made a decision. If you'll bring that into the info center in the lobby or bring it up here to somebody that'll be up here to pray, uh, we have uh, we have a gift for you and we want to help you get started on the greatest journey of life. Amen. Come on, let me pray a blessing over you. Come on, how many of you glad you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? Father? I I pray right now. Lord, I pray fill us with a greater measure. Fill us with a greater feeling of your spirit. Help us, Lord, not to grieve, not to quench, but to welcome your spirit every day of our lives. Lord, we pray this in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus and everybody that agreed said amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day.